do your job. Dad like it's your job. Do your job. With Chris Zito. Do your job. He's a dad, a radio host, a father, a speaker, dad, an actor, a dad, a comedian, a dad, a husband, a dad, and, well, a dad. Hello there, faithful listener. It is I, your illustrious host. I got no guest this week. I've got no guest, and I wanted to just delve into something that's from the talk. You know, this podcast is shares the title of my signature talk, Dad, Like It's Your Job, where I talk about life-work balance. We talked about that in the very first episode. I don't use the phrase work-life balance because it puts work first. Work, 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 work. And I like that. I, I talk about life-work balance. That's my thing. And, of course, I always say part of the point of this is to provide for your family and still be a part of your family. So I talk a lot about the time that you need to spend at home and the time you need to spend with your kids and you know how to make sure that you're not too devoted to work. But the biggest question I get is, you know, Chris, how am I supposed to further my career if I have so much focus on my family and that's the struggle, right? Like, you know, that there's some guy with no kids who's like wowing the boss while you're off on a boy scout camping weekend trip, or, you know, you're chaperoning a field trip and taking half of the day or something. Phil has just brought in three brand new multi-million dollar clients. He has spent the last month whining and dining these guys. He doesn't tell me about problems with his kids i'm not even sure if he has kids and and i get that i've been through it myself you know i had a situation when i lived in michigan i was a single dad and that is to say that you know my son was living with me my now grown son he was had been living with his mom his mom called me up she was struggling and she basically tapped out and we had what's called a voluntary exchange of custody he came to live with me so it was just he and i So now he was just entering high school. He had already been through a divorce with his folks. And then his mom sort of handed him off to me. And so I thought, well, I got to really focus on this kid. I was scheduled to go to like my high school reunion. And that he came to live with me like a few weeks before that. I canceled that trip. And then what came up was this uh, deal where the show I was working on, we were supposed to go to Germany for Oktoberfest, the real Oktoberfest, right? And this was a big deal. This was in Detroit, Michigan. We were on the air in Detroit. I was the co-host and executive producer of that show. It was a big job. This was market number six at the time. I think Detroit has gotten a little smaller. It's market number 14, but still a major market. This was a major market show, lots of listenership, lots of money at stake. This trip to Germany was, you know, clients involved and the whole station behind it. It was a big push. And... You know, I had spent a couple of times, like, leaving him with a friend overnight. I had made friends with his family, his best friend at school. It was a really nice family. But this was going to be 10 days away. And I just decided I can't do that. So I went into my boss's office and I said, listen, this Germany thing, I can't go. And he just kind of looked at me and goes, well, that's not an option, man. I said, well, it doesn't matter. I can't go. I'm not leaving him. He looked at me and he said, you know, this is your job. This is the job. You're a big part of the show, and you have to go. And he wasn't wrong. It was part of the job. But I had already made my decision. And I'll never forget this, this moment in his office where neither one of us said anything. We just kind of sat there looking at each other. 
He's looking at me like, you know, I'm the boss and you have to do what I say. And I'm looking at him like a guy who's already made a decision and I'm prepared for whatever he's going to say next. And he finally just kind of shook his head and said, okay, we'll figure something else out. And what we did was I stayed behind as like the local liaison to the listener and everybody else went, you know what? They had more fun without me anyway. It's Oktoberfest. I don't drink. They were beering it up without me. So it all worked out. But I made that decision. I've never regretted it. Now, I'm not exactly sure if he had said, you got to go or you're fired. I'm not exactly sure if I would let it, let him fire me. I may have backed down, but he didn't. I took my stand and that's important. And one of the reasons that I think he kept me was that I was shining. This is the thing. What, what I want to talk about here, this shine without overtime, this is what is going to help you develop a relationship with your boss where he really trusts you. You have that relationship where he knows you're dedicated to work, but he knows where your heart lies. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with letting your boss know, hey, you're not the most important relationship in my life. You know, my family is the most important thing. I'm lucky because the guys I work with here feel that same way about their families. And I think most people do. But you have to be able to perform. So that's why this shine without overtime so important. Because I know that most dads hear this kind of talk and their first thought is, well, listen, man, I got to work for a living. You know, I got to be at work. My dad was the same way. It's funny because when I was a kid, I remember thinking, why isn't dad ever home? Why isn't dad ever home? He doesn't care. He's never home. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon. Little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you're coming home, dad, I don't know when. Then I grew up and had kids of my own. Oh, oh, that's why. Oh, oh, yeah. That's why dad's always at work. Because, you know, the mortgage and the groceries and my shoes. Right, of course. I get that. I get that. But... Here's what I mean when I say shine without overtime. There's a couple of little steps we could take to help us avoid those 10, 12, even 14-hour days if it's possible. There are ways to do that. And one way to do that is through mindfulness. I'm not talking about some deep meditative state where you have to walk up to a mountaintop, sit in a certain position and hum. You know what I'm Close your eyes. Bring your awareness to the breath. Taking a deep breath in. And releasing it fully. Follow the breath as it flows in and out. That's not that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about simply keeping your head where your feet are. This is going to help you get more stuff done. Because, you know, on a Friday afternoon when you get the next week off, how much do we get done when we have a vacation coming up? We all have to pay that penance, right? When you're getting ready to take a vacation or even a three-day weekend. That Friday afternoon, I am cranking out what I need to do. It is just cranking out. It's because of focus and a little bit of panic, but mostly it's focus. And if we can maintain that kind of focus when we're at work, keeping our head where our feet are, we can crank out more work and get it done more quickly. And that frees up more time for us to spend with our spouse and with our kids. So this idea of keeping your head where your feet are, there's a great way to practice this. Like I said, you don't have to sit in a certain lotus position or, you know, it's not a deep meditative thing. One great way to practice this is when you're doing the dishes. Now, if you're anything like me, when I'm doing the dishes or loading the dishwasher, I'm not just doing that. I'm always multitasking. I'm, I'm thinking about some snack I'm going to have later. I'm listening to music and singing along. I'm thinking about ways I may be able to persuade my wife into a certain activity at the very end of the day when we hit the sack. 
all of those things are going through my mind. But if you want to just practice this, the next time you're doing the dishes, don't do anything else. Focus on exactly what you're doing. I've tried this and I've gotten better at it over time. It takes practice. You can get to the point where you can just take a deep breath and start doing this with whatever task is before you whatever task you're doing. So when you're doing the dishes, like notice how warm the water is. How does it feel on your hands? How does that sponge feel? If you're scraping the dishes and putting them in the sink, what's the sound? Listen to that sound. What's the sound it makes? You know, how does that utensil feel in your hand? Those things will make a difference. Now, first time you do it, if you're anything like me, you're going to find your mind wandering pretty quickly. But if you try it a few times, like anything else, with practice, you're going to find yourself with your head and your feet in the same place longer and longer. And it really can make a difference. You know, there's a few simple adjustments, a few little actions we can take today. Seriously, today. That'll put you in a position to spend more time with your family and be a part of their lives in a way that maybe you haven't been up until now. So there's three basic things. Getting in early, avoiding chit-chat, and opening every encounter with a closing sentence. I love that one. All right, let's start with arriving early. Now, I love to arrive early, of course, normally with doing the morning radio show. Nobody's here anyway. But I even like to get here before my partner because when nobody else is around, I get that extra work done before my day starts. So if I know that I'm facing extra work and I'm going to have a longer day, I see what I can do to add that to the beginning of my day. Because look, let's face it, if you have like a regular work schedule, you're not missing any extracurriculars with your kids in the morning. You're not missing dinner with your family in the morning. If your spouse is able to get the kids ready and get them off to school, then blow out of the house early, get to work. Just tap out, get to work early, and that extra work is at the beginning of your day. You're much more likely to get home at your normal time. Make sense? Of course it does. I'm very wise. You're going to find that out if you keep listening to this podcast. All right, the second thing, avoiding chit-chat. Okay, this is a tough one because if you are back in the office or back at the shop, if you are working again with other people, it's only natural to want to interact with those people. So this is just a matter of prioritizing your relationships, okay? So in my job, all right, I am the co-host of the show. I'm the executive producer of the show. It's a demanding job, and there's a lot of people that want my time during the day. Sometimes my boss needs to see me. I have more than one. Hello, it's iHeartRadio. There's a lot of bosses. You know, an account executive wants to see me about an endorsement. By the way, the sleep number bed is the perfect bed for couples because you adjust the firmness on your own side. That's right. Or maybe my promotions director wants to see me about uh, a contest or a personal appearance he wants me to make. So all of those things are important. Those people need me for their job. My kids need me so they can grow up to be effective, productive members of society. So they can build a happy life without hurting other people. So yeah, maybe a little more important than a mattress commercial. Just a little bit. The thing is, I make it pretty clear I don't have an open-door policy. I think that's a big mistake that people make. They end up wasting a lot of time because if you have an open-door policy, you get some guy that maybe he's child-free, which, by the way, is what they like to be called now. It's not childless. It's child-free. Oh, rub it in, why don't you? No kids. Wow. No wonder you have better shoes than me. Anyway, that guy's going to come to my door and he's going to want to yap, yak it up because he's got, no, you know, he doesn't have anything else really. He doesn't have as many other things going on in his life, maybe, that I do. 
And so he's eaten that time up that I want to be focused on work so I can get home to my main relationships, my spouse, my kids. It's important. So I don't have an open-door policy. But people do come to the studio, which in my case is my office, and I'll wave them in. i got a big window here, you know, like a radio studio. I wave them in, and they come in, and I always tell them, I will help you in any way that I can. That phrase, in any way that I can, is really important. Now, a lot of us have a tendency to, you know, we want to make friends. We want to make sure that everybody loves us. So we tell people, oh, I'll, I'll do anything for you. Oh, yeah, just come to me. I'll, I'm happy to help, happy to help. You know, you want to say that to your boss. You want to say that to your coworkers. You want to be the good guy, right? But if you use that phrase any way I can, you're giving yourself permission to not help them because you can always fall back on this thing. Well, I just can't do that. I can't do that. You allow yourself to say no. So that brings us to a very important grammar lesson, okay? No is a complete sentence. No is a complete sentence. Most of us have a tendency to want to offer some kind of explanation if we have to say no to somebody. But really, we don't owe that explanation to most people. For my boss, if I have to say no, yeah, most of the time I owe an explanation. To my kids, not really. To my wife, Yes, pretty much always. But it doesn't happen that often because I don't say no to my wife very often. Anybody listening that has a wife knows what I'm talking about. And the other thing, and this is kind of fun, actually, begin every work encounter with a closing sentence. So if you see somebody in the hall and they're like, hey, what's going on? I'll, you know, and they stop, I'll sort of take another step or two and then turn. Like I'm sort of walking past them like I, I'm on my way to do something. And I'll turn and I'll say, hey, hey, always good to see you. Because that's the kind of thing you tend to say at the end of a conversation. So when I run into somebody, I tend to jump right to the end of that conversation so I can get back to what I need to do. So getting in early if you need to, avoiding chit-chat, and opening with a closing sentence, all of those things can help. Are you going to never have another 10 or 12 or even 14-hour day? Of course not. We all still have those long days. If there's a deadline, somebody's out sick, you have a coworker that really is in the weeds and something's going to fall through if we don't help out. So they are going to happen. But putting those little things in place, they really can make a difference in how much time you're spending at work versus spending at home with your family. So I hope this has been helpful. This is some stuff that's lifted right out of the talk. Dad, like it's your job. You can go to chriszitospeaks.com and uh, get some more information about that and uh, see the demo reel and all that stuff, all that stuff like that there. And uh, we hope that you'll subscribe to the pod and download the episodes. Leave us a review. That's always very helpful. Send this to another dad. Be sure to turn some other dads onto this podcast. And uh, we'll do it again next week. Thanks for listening. Tell your pals.